Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. If I stay in my bubble, everything will be okay. People willfully stay in the bubble and don't address the problems of today and don't address the problems in the text and don't address the problems in their congregations and don't address the problems in their theology. Because if I stay in my bubble, it'll be okay. Join me in reading the scripture today from the gospel according to Matthew, the 10th chapter, 24th verse through the 39th verse. Again, that is the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 10, 24 through 39. Hear ye the word of the Lord. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher, and a servant like his master, if they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, daughter, a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. For God's word, for God's people, and God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let us pray. <clears throat> Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above. Uh, we come before you asking that your word be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest. Hide me behind your cross. Allow me to lead people in the way that you would have them led. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, for the time that is ours to share together 
I want to talk a little bit about what kind of Jesus, what kind of Jesus. Uh, on a particular Sunday at a workshop, uh, there was a leader and a facilitator at a local church in the Midwest that introduced a discussion showing two images of Jesus. The first one was a painting uh, by Stephen Sawyer titled Undefeated. And in this painting, it depicts Jesus as a boxer standing inside of a boxing ring. In his corner, you find the word savior printed on the, the padding of the corner post and, and hanging from the ropes are some boxing gloves that Jesus had. And the word mercy is written on these boxing gloves. And when the speaker of this workshop put that image up on the screen, uh, they heard a gasp from someone in the audience. A lady sitting near the front row just started shaking her head and saying, no, 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 that's not my Jesus. That image is wrong. Later, she would talk about the image of Jesus she holds on to, which is the Jesus uh, who is the Prince of Peace. Uh, that image of Jesus dressed as a boxer looking to fight was, was uh, an undefeated boxer at that, was uh, followed by another image, this one by Nathan Green titled uh, The Good Shepherd, which shows uh, Jesus holding a black lamb. When looking at the two images side by side, somebody got to ask, or somebody has to ask, uh, how do we go from this image of a loving, compassionate, good shepherd uh, who seeks out the lost sheep to one of Jesus standing in a boxing ring in the corner, uh, gloves off and ready to fight? Uh, the fact of the matter is, is we all have our own image of Jesus. Uh, and, and those images of Jesus that we have tell us more about ourselves than it does uh, Jesus. And it tells more about our theology than it does about Jesus because we don't have very many physical descriptions of Jesus. So whatever image that we've come up with is of our own. Uh, the physical description that we have of Jesus is pretty much in Revelation chapter 1, verses 14 through 15, where it says his hair was white like wool, white as snow, and his eyes were a flame of fire. His feet were like a fine brass as if refined in a furnace, and his voice was the sound of many waters. Uh, uh, to, to, to break it down, uh, nappy hair and dark skin. Amen. Uh, but that's for another sermon. Um, but what image of Jesus do we have? Uh, that tells a lot about us, and a lot of people don't like to cover this passage because it messes with their image of Jesus. This, this reading was from the gospel according to Matthew. Uh, it's called the second discourse or the missionary discourse. Uh, Jesus is preparing to send the people out. He's teaching the people, and the interesting thing is that Jesus is not talking to people who are deciding whether or not they want to, uh, to follow Jesus, Jesus is talking to people who have already decided to follow Jesus. He's talking to established believers. Jesus is talking to the church folk and letting them know that following Jesus is not for the faint of 
heart. Je uh, William Gottler said that Jesus is addressing the faithful who seek to live into their Christian faith while facing conflict and discouragement and even to the threat of their physical well-being because of the gospel's calling. Jesus is telling them it's going to get rough. It's rough now and it's going to get rough later. This is not a walk in the park. This is not a fly by night thing. This is not something that is going to be skipping through daffodils and everything great. Nope, this is going to be hard. Being a disciple is hard. Being a disciple is costly. Yeah. Doing the right thing when everybody around you may not be doing the right thing is costly. But that makes people uncomfortable. Some people just want to go along to get along. They don't want to have any conflict. They don't want to have any kind of resolution. They just want everybody to be happy and avoid tension. They want a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, as Martin Luther King said, not any kind of resolution to any problems. They just want everybody to stop complaining. They want to go back to their bubbles and live a comfortable life where everything is great. These are the same type of people that I liken to those when people were having peaceful protests about police brutality uh, by kneeling during the national anthem, which they didn't start playing at football games uh, and making a show out of it until 2009. But uh, they, they were peacefully protesting. These were the type of people that would say, I don't watch sports to get involved in politics. Uh, now is not the time to talk about it. Uh, these were the type of people that did that. And people think as long as they stay in their bubble, everything will be all right. Two days ago, I read an article uh, that was posted. It was about a young man named Brian, uh, Byron rather, Williams in Las Vegas, Nevada. He was arrested for the high crime of riding his bicycle without a safety light. So at five in the morning, while he's out riding his bicycle, he gets chased by the cops. He gets arrested. They, they hold him down and, and, and lean on him, and he says over 17 times that I can't breathe. He was arrested in September of 2019. They waited all the way to about March of 2020 to decide whether or not they were going to charge the officers or not, and they decided not to charge the officers. They decided not to prosecute the police officers involved. And I bring it up now because the articles have just now started coming out. And people who want to go along to get along in that situation saw the article being posted and got more mad at the media for posting the article than the fact that somebody who was unarmed died in police custody. I'll say that again. People who want to go along to get along looked at a situation like that and got mad that it was brought up, got mad that it was mentioned, said that that was dividing the country, said that that was race baiting, that was trying to incite a race war. Not the fact that the unarmed black man died in police custody again and again and again, and the list keeps growing longer and longer of things I can't do, can't run in my own neighborhood, I can't ride my bike without a safety light, I can't be in my own car, I can't be a kid playing in the park, I can't go to the store for some Skittles and some Arizona tea. Over and over again, there are things that I can't do as a black man. I can't wear a hoodie. I can't go outside wearing a certain thing. I can't drive a certain type of car. I can't drive my own car home and be handcuffed in my own driveway and get shot. And the list keeps going 
over and over and longer and longer. But people were more mad that the news article reported it than they were about the fact that this thing actually happened. Then, of course, comes bringing up his criminal history. He should not have resisted. He should not have run. If I stay in my bubble, everything will be okay. People willfully stay in the bubble and don't address the problems of today and don't address the problems in the text and don't address the problems in their congregations and don't address the problems in their theology. Because if I stay in my bubble, it'll be okay. But Jesus said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Discipleship is costly. Discipleship aims to change the culture. Discipleship is about changing the area around you and addressing the problems of the day. It's uncomfortable. And Jesus is telling the disciples that they are going to have to experience some things. And not only are they going to have to experience these things, it may change the way they have their own standing in their own family. Some friends you thought were friends aren't really friends. You know, I've had to unfollow so many people on Instagram lately that Instagram put my account in a timeout status because I was unfollowing so many people so fast that they thought I must be a bot or a program operating this account because the people I thought were in support of certain things, obviously were not. And it's not just enough to be not racist. You have to be anti-racist. If there are 100 people in a room and five of them decide to beat on me, if the other 94 don't say anything, I can't say that that's just the minority and, 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 and that everything should be all right. You have to be able to speak up, and you may get some rejection because of it. You have to talk about uncomfortable things, like the fact that this text here, uh, uh, right in the hearing, it, it says <laughs> in, in verse 24, chapter 10, that a disciple is not above his teacher nor a servant above his master. Things like that were used back in the day to, to uh, enslave and continue the oppression of people that looked like me. Now, let alone it was a misinterpretation of the text, because uh, in the Bible days, people were, were uh, servants for a limited number of years to work off a debt or pay a bill down, and, and they, they were released, whereas the uh, forefathers of this country uh, masterfully decided, no, we're going to make sure that you a slave, we're going to make sure your kids are a slave, and we're going to make sure your kids' kids are a slave. And we're not going to teach you how to read so you can not know that, that the, the slavery that they're talking about in the Bible is not the slavery. We're going to keep that out. We're going to kill the smart ones and try to breed the athletic ones together so that we can get more cotton picked and more tobacco planted and picked. Uh, you have to address those things and understand that even this denomination that I have my credentials in was willing to split over the issue of slavery. Oddly enough, they never, the, when I read the books and go to take the history classes, they never really said um, that we want to keep slavery going, the Methodist Episcopal Church South. They didn't say that. They just said they wanted to keep politics out the pulpit. 
<clears throat> it's not enough to just be silent. When he says things that are done in the dark will be revealed, you have to be uh, full-throated support about these things. It's uncomfortable uh, that these things, and, and black people back then, they were working off a of debt, but it's funny though, too. When I bring up slavery now, people want to say, well, nobody here owned slaves, and nobody here was a slave. You need to rise above that and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get past that and rise above those things. But the moment we want to start tearing down some Confederate statues, and the moment we want to rename some schools that used to be named after Confederate generals and streets, uh, no, that's history, that's heritage, you can't whitewash it. Why is it that the people who got the brunt end of it have to get over it, but the people who benefited from it is, his, is history and, and heritage. There are way too many people upset and more upset about Albert Pike's statue getting torn down in Washington, D.C. than they are about a George Floyd losing his life. And George Floyd, we don't try to make George Floyd a hero. You don't have to be a hero to be the tipping point. You don't have to be the hero to, to be the, the, the catalyst that starts it. That was just the last straw. Amen. Amen. Why would we care more about property than a person? I came not to bring peace but a sword. We are going to have to have some uncomfortable conversations continually. Even when sports get started back up and, and the country opens back up, we will still be here to have these conversations. Jesus said he came not to be, bring peace but a sword. And my obedience to Jesus is more important than anything else. Jesus is telling the people of God that they are going to have to do some uncomfortable things. And not only are they going to have to do some uncomfortable things, they're going to have to do these uncomfortable things publicly. Amen. Amen. A private witness is not enough. In any struggle, the silent majority is the reason oppression continues. We need to bring light to dark places. Be public and be transparent. I have never known a problem to go away by ignoring it. Amen. I've never known a problem to go away by ignoring it. Matter of fact, when you ignore the problem, it gets worse. It's going to be uncomfortable. There are going to be some conversations that need to be had that may not want to be had. There are going to be some actions taken that need to be taken that people may not want to be taken. But Jesus tells us when he tells the disciples not to be afraid of those who hurt the body, but not the soul. So if you ain't got a heaven or a hell to put me in, I don't have any reason to be afraid of you. Jesus tells us that God cares more about uh, God cares about the sparrows. When he says, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But we are more important. We have more worth 
than the sparrows. God loves us. God is with us in this struggle. God is with us during the uncomfortable times. God is with us through this, this thing called discipleship, this thing called Christianity, this thing called being a born-again believer. God is with us. And greater is he who is within me than he who is within the world. God cares about the sparrows and we are worth more than sparrows. This life of discipleship is costly. You're going to have to give up some things, but you will gain so much more. You will gain an abundant life, a life that is overflowing, a life that is, is, is the, the blessings that spill over. But you have to be willing to give up some things. You have to be given, willing to give up your comfort. You have to be willing to give up the status quo. You have to be willing to give up living in this bubble where you can pretend like nothing bad ever happens. Going to have to take some risks. Going to have to learn some things. Going to have to have some conversations with people that you never thought you'd have a conversation with about some things that you never thought you'd have a conversation about. But he clearly says that if you, you need to take up your cross and follow Jesus. Jesus overturned the system. Amen. I'll say that again. Jesus overturned the system. And it was a great cost. The, the hierarchy that was in place, the established order, the established institutions got turned around by what Jesus did and what Jesus said. And we are called to take up our cross and follow him as well. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.